Yeah. Yeah. Draft day. Johnny Manziel. Five years later, how am I the man still? Draft day. A Wiggins. That other side, we stay winning. Oh man, you know I had to do it for you. You know I had to do it for you. Yeah. Suits and ties yelling out, pay the guys, man, I had to do it for you. You know I had to do it for you. You know I had to do it for you. Oh man, oh man, oh man, man, you know I had Welcome back to the Racial Draft Podcast. I am your host, Michael Ford. This is the podcast where we change the complexion of the comic book universe one draft pick at a time. And I am ready for this wild ride through the racial draft universe. Um, we are streaming live on YouTube. So shout out to the YouTubes uh, and also shout out to the Twitters, Twitterverse, as it were. Um, I'm going to jump right into it. Uh, I thought we might get a guest this week. Um, but we have not yet been able to line that up. So I'm just going to talk about the picks. I'm just going to talk about the third round of the seventh season of the Racial Draft Podcast. And, uh, you know, we, we, we came we came out of the gate fairly hot with the uh, South Asian delegation. And, uh, you know, they went ahead. Uh, as you remember, in the first round, they drafted Superman. So in the third round, they drafted Superman girl and uh you know in 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 keeping with drafting supergirl um you know they they came through with a fan cast which i uh um sorry tara sutaria um whose work i'm not that familiar with um but you know she's a very lovely woman um and you know like i said in in keeping with the the first round draft pick of superman uh, South Asian Superman having a South Asian Supergirl does uh, seem to line up. Um, you know, we can get into some of the commentary about what it is about Supergirl specifically that makes people feel like she needs to be uh, a white girl. Um, I don't think there's anything in her story that particularly supports that idea. Obviously, we had the situation um, in the Flash movie where Sasha Kaye uh, got a lot of flack, honestly, un unnecessary flack, if we're being honest, um, you know, for being a Latina who played uh, Kara Zorro. Um, so, you know, that did kind of create precedent for a woman of color as Supergirl. And honestly, you know, there, like I said, there's there's nothing in the story that that uh, that feels like a woman of color playing Supergirl is a bit of a betrayal. Obviously, uh, she's typically been depicted in the comics with blonde hair, um, you know, fitting that quote unquote, all American girl ideal. Um, and maybe, uh, you know, for a lot of people, it's hard to move away from that. Um, but, you know, we here in the racial draft world uh, feel like that's not, not enough of an impediment. Uh, so I'm very eager to see whether um, you know, the approval ratings kind of support the idea of um, South Asian Supergirl. Uh, as of now, with, um, you know, with about 14 hours left, by the time you listen to this podcast, it'll be a little bit less than that. But uh, go ahead and jump on to the various places where our votes get counted. Uh, RacialDraft.com, 
or racial draft on Twitter, uh, sorry, racial draft pod on Twitter, um, at which hopefully if you're watching me on Twitter now, you, you've, you're you already following us. But yeah, so as of now, the approval rating is at 60% uh, with 40% strongly approving, uh, 40 or, sorry, 20% somewhat approving, 30% somewhat disapproving and 10% racist. Um, with respect to the fan cast that I had mentioned, uh, also 60%, uh, all 60% strongly approving uh, and 30% somewhat approving. And again, 10% racist. It's, it's very disappointing anytime you see that. Um, but we'll move on uh, from one uh, delegation spit to another as we get into it with the Polynesian delegation. Shout out to our guy, Tomati, uh, holding it down for the Polynesians. Um, he has, um, you know, with the Polynesian delegation's pick in the third round, uh, they went ahead and they drafted Barry Allen, um, a.k.a. The Flash. Um, now, to be fair, uh, this is another character that's been depicted uh, traditionally as white. Um, I don't think really there's a lot in his story that, um, you know, boxes him in. Uh, you know, I've made jokes with my friends over the years that it's kind of like, you know, first of all, the name Barry Allen definitely sounds like he, he could be a brother. Um, and the fact that his father was wrongfully convicted just continues to reinforce mm -hmm. the idea of uh, Barry Allen, uh, maybe not as a white guy, you know, maybe as a little something different. Um, so, yeah, I think Polynesian Barry Allen uh, could totally work uh, in that in that respect. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm here for it. And the people seem to be here for it slightly. 62.5% um, approval rating uh, for Polynesian Barry Allen. Uh, that's 50% strongly approved, 12.5% somewhat approved, 12.5% somewhat disapproved, and 25% racist. Um, you know, listeners, if you agree or disagree with how the people are shaking out, go ahead and go to our different uh platforms uh to to put your your approval poll votes in and see if you could uh get this uh 62.5 percent that's that's a little rough on the approval side uh from the fan cast perspective i definitely know that this actor uh is a little bit controversial some people like him some people hate him um that would be kj appa who played archie on riverdale and um you know um as of now, though, the approval rating for his casting is 70%. Uh, it's a little little higher than, than the overall approval. With, but it's 20% strongly approved, 50% somewhat approved, and 30% somewhat disapproved of KJ Appa as a Polynesian Barry Allen. You know, one, one CW star uh, replacing another CW star, as it were. Uh, we'll move on from The Flash to the Swana Mena delegation, you know, what uh, is traditionally uh, sometimes referred to as Middle Eastern. Um, and one of the more prominent DC characters uh, who tends to be of, or not tends to be, but canonically is of uh, uh, Swana slash Mena descent. And that would be Damian Wayne, uh, he of the daughter of Talia Al Ghul, the grandson, sorry, the, <laughs> the son of Talia Al Ghul, who's a daughter of Raz Al Ghul. And um, 
you know, obviously the son of Batman as well. Uh, so yeah, so Swana made a delegation, uh, solidifying that, um, you know, I believe he's Arab um, heritage, and and yeah, so I mean, it for me, it just seems like it's a defensive pick. Um, but I was very shocked to see the the controversial response. I mean, as of now, we're sitting at fifty four point six percent approval of uh you know Damian Wayne kind of staying uh in the Solana delegation. Obviously technically speaking, uh he's multiracial because his, you know canonically Batman is white. Um but this you know is a little bit of a no a lot of bit of a uh, surprise. So like I said 54.6 well, 45.5 strongly approve 9.1 somewhat approve 18.2 somewhat disapprove and 27.3 racist i mean i was i was as shocked as you were honestly um and you know and if you're not shocked why aren't you shocked but uh we'll move on from that disappointing outcome to uh, perhaps a less disappointing outcome as we lead to the white delegation, the white delegation, as it were, and um, and their pick, which was you know pretty pretty down the line. They chose um, Bruce Banner, the Hulk. He's a a man. He's a a, a you know as it as is classically construed, he's a white man who when he gets angry, maybe about the minorities, when he gets angry, he turns to a big green monster. And the uh, wreck shop, but you know, be that as it may, I I, I can't really object to the idea of uh, Bruce Banner as a white man. I mean, I know he said famously in the Avengers that he's always angry, and that's how he keeps his powers under control. But if we really go go you know across all different genres, uh, this is definitely a guy with anger issues. And um, who better to embody anger issues? Than a white man if we're, if we're you know living in 2024 so on the side of the people 71.3 sorry 71.4 percent approval rating for uh white hulk 64.3 strongly approve 7.1 somewhat approve 21.4 somewhat disapprove and 7.1 percent just totally antithetical to the idea of a white hulk which you know i can't call it racist i'm not really sure what to call it but you know pro-black <laughs> all right um i workshop that so it so it uh, makes a little more sense but we will move on from the white delegation to the multi-racial delegation or as i call it the skeleton key delegation because anybody can be multi-racial if you really think about it you know, even even Nazi, even even Nazis can be multiracial if they if they uh you know deny their heritage. But anyway, uh, the multiracial delegation drafted with their uh, third round pick, Johnny Blaze, aka Ghost Rider. Uh, you know the original, the OG, the guy who is riding the flaming skull, riding the flaming motorcycle with the flaming skull. And you know, I feel like the pick kind of goes in tandem with the fan cast, the fan cast of Keanu Reeves, um, who 
I think would make a fine Ghost Rider, if we're being honest. Um, you know, if you've seen him in the John Wick movies, you know he's got his action bona fides, particularly hand-to-hand -hand combat. Um, you know, I think he's Baba Yaga, which is the uh, the boogeyman uh, in in Russian uh, mythology. You know, so who who better to be a spirit of vengeance than uh, than the boogeyman? And you know, he's a motorcycle aficionado as well. Um, in terms of his age, um, it, it puts kind of puts him in line with someone who would have been a Ghost Rider for a number of years. You know, I feel like all of those things add up to Keanu Reeves being a good fan cast uh, for Ghost Rider. And again, obviously, although this is a character that has been traditionally depicted as a white, as a white guy, you know, um, being multiracial, you know, you can still be read as white. In a lot of ways, Keanu Reeves is often read as white, um, you know, in terms of how he maneuvers through society. So, you know, from my perspective, uh, I, I, I can't really see strong objection to the idea of multiracial Johnny Blaze. And the people, by and large, are on my side here. 75% um, approval rating uh, for multiracial Johnny Blaze, 50% uh, strongly approve, 25% somewhat approve, 12.5% somewhat disapprove, 12.5% racist. Now, with respect to the fan cast, let's take a look. Uh, the fan cast is doing not as well, honestly. I was shocked by that. 72.7 uh, approval rating for Keanu Reeves as Johnny Blaze. Uh, 54.5 strongly approve, 18.2 somewhat approve, 18.2 somewhat disapprove, and 9.1% racist. Oh, man, you hate to see it. All this racism abounding in the worlds of the racial draft. But we move on. Um, we can talk a little bit about this pick uh, because it gets a little controversial here. Um, so we had our first trade of the season, um, but before we had the trade, we had Reed Richards drafted by the East Southeast Asian delegation. And, um, you know, before we finished out the week, this character was traded to the Latinx delegation. Um, so, you know, we might as well talk about how, um, you know, Reed Richards uh, has been uh, not technically cast yet, but well, it's been well reported um, that um, Pedro Pascal uh, has been cast in the role of Reed Richards, which would make him a Latino, Mr. Fantastic or Senor Fantastico, if you prefer. Um, and uh, generally speaking, the people were pretty on board with that. Uh, obviously, there was a little bit of a of, of a drag and a pushback, and we'll you know we'll delve into that um, you know perhaps a little bit later. But as of now, uh, Latino Reed Richards is sitting at eighty five point seven percent approval, with seventy one point four uh, some strongly approve, and fourteen point three somewhat approve, and fourteen point three somewhat disapprove. Uh, the Pedro Pascal fan cast is currently sitting at 89.6% approval. And that is a 72.4 strongly approve, 17.2 somewhat approve, 6.9 somewhat disapprove, and only 3.4% racist. Um, which, you know, again, uh, there was a little bit of backlash when he was announced, but I think that people have realized 
that if we're really considering, um, you know, specifically Pedro Pascal, um, he's obviously he's Latino, um, but it's 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 really hard to make the argument that that him specifically is so wildly kind of beyond the pale as far as the way people think of Reed Richards, particularly when you introduce the aspect of uh, Reed Richards in the current state of being a father. Um, you know, I would say that Pedro Pascal has shown on a number of occasions uh, that fatherly instinct that I think would go a long way to humanizing Reed Richards in live action. Um, you know, we've seen him uh, you know, twice before in live action, and you know he's a he, he can he can sometimes be a tough pill to swallow, but I you know, I think I wrote something a few months back um, for Murphy's Monthly Verse about how the idea of Reed Richards as a father um, needs to be a part of how he's uh, introduced to fans in the MCU because of a it being a different dimension. Uh, to the character and B, it being a way to humanize a character that often is viewed as intellect first, uh, emotion second. Um, and I think that if we're looking at um, an actor who can embody that, uh, Pedro Pascal definitely fits the bill. So, uh, you know, shout out to the uh, Pedro Pascal Hive, who I know uh, feels the same way. Um, so again, strong pick but then strong trade by the East Southeast Asian delegation who, you know, uh, for the trade, which we'll talk about a little later, they were able to acquire um, Dr. Octopus, Otto Octavius. Um, like I said, we'll get into it a little bit later, but um, not only were they able to acquire Otto Octavius, they also acquired a fourth round pick, uh, one of the early picks in the fourth round. So they should, get a quality character as well, um, an additional quality character as well. Um, moving on from the traded character of Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, to a non-traded character, um, which fits, which aligns with uh, previous pick. Uh, that would be the Jewish delegation uh, drafting Jonathan Kent. Um, you might remember if you're a longtime listener to the podcast that in season five of the racial draft, uh, the Jewish delegation in their dynasty draft drafted Lois Lane to be Jewish and uh, held on to Lois Lane uh, to date. So she's still uh, part of the Jewish delegation, Jewish Lois Lane, who is the mother of Jewish Jonathan Kent. Uh, it definitely matches up. Um, you know, we could quibble about the phenotype, about why, you know, a brown, uh, you know, a brown Superman wouldn't have a, a brown son. Um, but, you know, Kryptonian genetics being what they are, um, you know, we don't have to get into uh, all of the specifics. But, uh, yeah, the Jewish delegation chose as their fan cast, uh, Timothy Chalamet, who, huge star, uh, wildly popular. And uh, yeah, I'm very curious as to whether the people agree. Oof, oof. Looking at the, we'll get to it. But uh, first, I will let you know that the pick of Jewish Jonathan Kent uh, was able to garner 90.9% approval rating uh, for Jewish Jonathan Kent. 
However, the fan cast was only able to garner 42.8%. So, whew, not, not, not one of the uh, best received uh, fan cast, particularly when, if we're talking about the Jewish delegation, who generally their fan casts uh, are received very well. But like I said, 90.9 for Jewish Jonathan Kent, which, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of storytelling possibilities, uh, particularly with Jewish Lois Lane and, and you know, the, the faith and how that generally um, passes through the maternal line. So, you know, here for that. And, uh, you know, myself, I'm pretty here for the fan cast, even if the people are not. But um, we still remains to be seen there. So more than enough time for for you, the listeners, to hop on uh, the various platforms and, and cast your cast your votes as to whether you approve of the fan of the uh, draft pick. We move on from the seventh pick of the round to the eighth pick of the round. Uh, another one of my favorites, and that is from the black delegation. Um, you know, shout out to Randy, who generally holds it down for the black delegation. Is one of the, excuse me, is one of the delegates, but shout out to all the black people who listen to the podcast and have opinions, uh, strong opinions about the characters need to be part of the delegation. Um, so Selena Kyle, aka Catwoman, was drafted by the black delegation this season, which is, I mean, we have obviously seen black catwoman depicted in a number of media uh we saw her earlier on as eartha kit um we've seen her as halle berry but although not selena kyle for being honest right um and then we've seen her um in the batman in the the batman universe that's hard to <laughs> hard to depict uh as portrayed by um zoe kravitz and of course We've also seen her depicted as a uh, as a black cat woman on the Harley Quinn cartoon. So there have been a lot of um, a lot of ways to kind of conceptualize the idea of black cat woman. Um, and you know, I myself, uh, obviously, there are have been other depictions of her as a white woman, as as Latina, as mixed, um, you know, multiracial. Um, but black cat woman is perfectly valid. And you know, I, I I couldn't really disapprove with it, disapprove of that. Uh, the people are a lot more mixed on that than I expected, if I'm being honest. Um, seventy five, no, yeah, seventy five percent approval rating for Black Catwoman. Uh, Sixty six point seven strongly approve. Eight point three somewhat approve. Sixteen point seven somewhat disapprove. And eight point three percent racist. Wow. All those years of normalizing Black Catwoman, only to have 25% of the uh, the voting public uh, still strongly disapprove of it. I mean, or still disapprove of it, period. But that is the world we live in. Uh, a pick that is a little bit more controversial is Wally West, the Latinx delegation. Uh, this, this one was a a little bit baffling, I gotta be honest. Um, you know, Wally West is a character that, um, you know, he, so you gotta kind of delve into the history of the character. Um, he was definitely depicted uh, over the years as being a more kind of blue collar conservative character. 
Um, he's currently the Flash, the main Flash of the DC Comics universe. Um, when they did the new 52 reboot, uh, they reimagined him as black. Um, young, sorry, young Wally West. They reimagined him as black as a kid Flash. But then um, that was met with enough controversy that they reintroduced the original white Wally West um, and maintained the black Wally West um, as his cousin. So there are, in fact, one is Wallace West, AKA Ace, who's black, and there's Wally West, uh, the OG white man with the red hair. And you know how uh, people love to protect white people with red hair. Um, so, you know, um, all of that is to say that there hasn't really been a depiction of uh, Wally or Wallace West uh, as Latino. Um, that isn't to say that um, he couldn't be Latino, but you know, it's, it's, it's a little, like, I'm very curious. Uh, who knows if we're gonna get an explanation. Um, you know, shout out to Carlos, uh, who holds it down uh, for the Latinx delegation. Uh, you know, I, I know that Carlos does tend to be more quote unquote analytics based uh, in the picks, you know, in the sense that um, characters that he just thinks are good value um, without necessarily having a, um, a strong vision of what, you know, the implications of the character um, being race bent. Um, so, yeah, we didn't get, I don't, yeah, we didn't get a fan cast in this case. So, um, yeah, I'm very curious to see what what the vision is uh, for Latino Wally West. Um, Wally West. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm, I'm, it's, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. Um, and it will continue to be a struggle until I, you know, find out, find out a little bit more. And uh, unfortunately, you know, the people are kind of, they're kind of on my side here. Um, so 40% approval rating for Latino Wally West, 30% uh, strongly approve, 10% somewhat approve, 50% somewhat disapprove, and 10% uh, racist. But, um, you know, I mean, look, uh, he's a character that is very prominent in the DC universe. Uh, you know, obviously he's the first kid Flash, uh, became the main Flash, and has really stood out um, for, you know, if you're a, a, of a certain age group, you know, he stood stood the test of time as the Flash for a number of years before uh, Barry Allen came back to life. So, you know, for a lot of people, he is, uh, you know, the favorite Flash. But none of that kind of characterization fully reinforces why, um, you know, him being Latino would be um, an asset for the character. It doesn't say that, you know, he couldn't just be Latino just to be Latino, but, you know, it does give people a bit of a double take. Um, moving past that to the... final pick of the round. But before we talk about the final pick of the round, you know, we'll go a little deeper on this trade, which, which again, um, involved the East Southeast Asian delegation 
and the Latinx delegation. Um, you know, let's talk a little bit more about um, Southeast, oh, sorry, uh, East Asian Otto Octavius. Um, I think that's a pretty inspired, I think that's a pretty inspired choice. Um, you know, I think that um, a lot of what, what we see and how we've imagined uh, Dr. Octopus is, is someone who is, you know, very smart, but some, but uh, misunderstood, um, not just misunderstood, but underestimated. And from that being underestimated kind of comes a, a desire to um, prove himself, you know, and I, and I think that that is something that has been talked about as part of the Asian American experience, um, you know, being kind of overlooked. Um, and yeah, I mean, I could totally imagine a, uh, an East Asian Otto Octavius um, feeling like he needs to kind of work extra hard to, to be seen. Um, yeah, you know, again, to, to get his, to get the level of appreciation that he deserves and that being a strong driver. Um, I'm not necessarily keen on the fan cast, if we're being honest. Uh, I, 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 I like the actor, um, Masi, um, give me a second, guys, I get the name, perfect. Um, yeah, Masi Oka, who you might know as Hero from Heroes. Um, I think that there is probably room for um, actors who have a little bit more menace in their um, in their general portrayals of of the characters that they played. Like I said, uh, I like Masioka, uh, but you know he generally he generally plays more affable characters. And I think with Doctor Octopus, the while he should be somewhat likable, I, I definitely think he needs to be a little bit more of a jerk, um, even if he has um, some points. So there are definitely a number of actors that I, I would have uh, more likely uh, picked for myself to play the role, but you know, that's just my own, my own personal taste. And again, go ahead and vote on Twitter or on racialdraft.com if you feel differently than I do. As of now, uh, the pick is sitting at 85.7%, and the fan cast is sitting at 80%. Uh, 71.4, strongly approve, 14.3, somewhat approve, and 14.3, somewhat disapprove. Uh, and uh, with the fan cast, 50% strongly approve, 30% somewhat approve, and 20% somewhat disapprove. So, hey, we successfully dodged the racism there. That's that's a win. That's a winner. Um, I, I guess I should mention that you could also, you know, we also allow you guys to vote on the, on the trades. So let's go ahead and look at where we're where we're at with respect to the trade, because um, I mean, I thought it was a good trade. I was all the way on board for it but you know maybe people feel a little bit different but give me a second because i have to keep my windows open 
There we go. So as of yet, as of now, the trade is at 87.5% approval um, with all 87.5% strongly approving and the 12.5% somewhat disapproving. So, um, yeah, go ahead and, um, yeah, go ahead and, and cast your votes there. We move on past those picks, past that trade to the final pick. The final pick of the round. And that final pick, the honors are the Native American delegation who have drafted Eddie Brock. Now, this is not the first time that the Native American delegation has drafted Eddie Brock. Uh, they had a Pretty interesting uh, reworked backstory for Native American Eddie Brock. Uh, as we know, Eddie Brock is very, a major part of his character is that he's Catholic and that his faith, um, the struggles with his faith uh, play a major role in both how he becomes Venom and how his arc as Venom, um, you know, his struggles with what it means to have been, um, I wouldn't say infected, but affected by by the symbiote and the darker impulses of that symbiote. Um, over time, you know, he kind of viewed it as a demon. Um, and then there were times where he felt he needed to purge himself and others from the influence of the symbiote. Um, obviously that hasn't been present in all of his depictions. Uh, definitely hasn't been present in his movies in the uh, Sony Spider-Verse. But, you know, I think that there, there's room for the layers of uh, a Venom, or sorry, an Eddie Brock, as it were, who was, um, you know, there are, there are Native Americans who were um, raised, excuse me, in the, in the Catholic faith, you know, kind of, Took steps away from uh, traditional um, traditional spirituality from from the different communities and and raised in more of like the Western religious tradition. I think that there's you know given what we know about Eddie's um, home life, there was a, a little bit of abuse um, in his household. Um, so you know there's a lot there's a lot could be that could be wrapped up in the pathos of what. Uh, Eddie's struggles were both as a villain and then as also an anti-hero. Um, so for, for me personally, you know, I think that it, there, it, there's something additive about um, a Native American Venom. Uh, who knows if you guys agree, but if you do, you know, we, there, we have the places I've already named a number of occasions uh, where you can vote and, uh, and, you know, make your voice heard as to whether Native American vote, uh, Venom Native American uh, Eddie Brock in particular is is a is a good move is a good pick. I like it, and it seems like the people like it too. I'm looking at the, the numbers now, eighty eight or eighty eight point nine percent approval for Native American Venom. So you know if that holds, that's that's one of the more positive uh, positive outcomes this round. Um, but but again, we we ran through the ten picks of the round. Um, I. 
we'll leave it to you listeners to let me know what you think the favorites are, uh, what your favorites were. Uh, you Obviously, you can hit us up on Twitter or threads or Instagram. You can also hit us up. Uh, we've got an email address, racialdraftpodcast at gmail.com. You know, if you have a little bit more like long form thoughts on any of the picks or on the round overall, um, you know, we'll, we'll make your, we'll amplify your voice um, and give you a platform a little bit on the podcast. But um, I don't have too much more to add. Uh, I thought this was a good round. I thought some really good characters came off the board, but I still think that there's some really good characters still on the board. And, uh, you know, hopefully listeners, you're still on for the ride. Uh, you still want to join us uh, as we press ahead with the racial draft. Uh, you know, subscribe, like us on the different platforms, uh, YouTube. Uh, you know, let's get our subscriber numbers up on YouTube. I, you know, we've got some some room to maneuver there. Um, you know, again, uh, thank you to the to the to handful of folks who followed along with me on Twitter. Um, and you know, the handful of folks who joined me on Instagram when we did a little bit of a pre-show, but I'll leave it at that point. You know, I think we've, I think I've said enough. It's been a lot of me talking at a screen, uh, or talking at two screens as it were, but, um, until next time, listeners, all things are possible.